From the dojo to the octagon, we bring you the Jiu-Jitsu Master Podcast! This is your co-host, Sri Pandikatla. And this is Shihan Russ St. Hilaire, 7th Degree Black Belt in Kobukai Jiu-Jitsu. And joining us today is Sensei Chris Richards, who runs the Kobukai Kensington Jojo. Welcome back to the show, Sensei. Uh, thank you, Shri. Thank you, Shion. It's great to be here. So we're going to discuss a topic today that I think is relevant to pretty much every dojo around the world, and that is uh, attendance of class and having good attendance and why that's important and some of the challenges uh, are, that students and teachers have around that. So I think it's going to be a lively conversation about that subject. Definitely looking forward to it. And uh, Sensei Chris, uh, I think you were the one who initially uh, requested to to have this topic. So, you know, why don't you uh, kick it off for us? Certainly. So attendance is key to all schools, right? Um, And I know there are a lot of questions that come around. What are expectations? Why do we care? But I can tell you, having grown up in the old Hambu, attendance was everything, right? Uh, We would literally almost be willing to sabotage other people's cars so that they couldn't get to class so you could have Shan all to himself. <laughs> but attendance isn't just, you know, hey, I, I came to class. It's more than just showing up and being on time. It's being present both in mind and body, having a fresh, clean gait, you know, being there and engaged in a part of what you're doing. Where we want to start, I think, is really just let's talk about the basics. You know, do we take attendance? I don't formally, I know some instructors who do. But we know who's there and who's not. Uh, it's kind of like Santa Claus, right? We know who's been naughty. We know who's been nice. Is there a minimum amount of attendance to check the box? I think Sheehan would tell you three times a week is acceptable. Uh, we get it some people too. But if you're down to one, you really got to start saying, it, are, you, are you fully engaged? Are you there? Back to my original point. Now with that, let's go a little bit differently into this, you know. What does it matter to other students if you make class, miss class? Students are about the group, right? The the class is about the group. The people that show up are about it. If you're just the single person showing up, it's hard. You break the dynamic when not everybody is there. So, you know, you could say, hey, in college, nobody cared if I didn't show up. Well, you're hurting the team. You know, think about this as a team sport. If your partner isn't there, you're hurting them, Um, you know, you got to be there to be in it to be to win it. So, so I agree with absolutely everything you say. Um, I I know you know I have said a million times. There's only one secret to success in jujitsu, and that is showing up. It's attendance, and those who have constant attendance will succeed. Those who let other things distract them from their training. You know, there's a high likelihood they won't succeed. I think where some of this conversation needs to go is about the discipline of attendance and then also about the benefits, right? Because there are, there are definitely a, a lot of tangible benefits. But I think the discipline to start with is the, the base of attendance. So we have to remember that these are called martial arts because the word martial, right? They, they come from a military background. Um, you know, if you're doing a Japanese martial art, it comes from a, you know, Japanese military background from the samurai. And there is a discipline around a military type culture. 
And for anybody that's been in the military or knows anybody that's been in the military, there is no choice on attendance. You are there, you are on time or 15 minutes early, uh, and you don't, you don't really have a choice. And the reason for that is, number one, for your own personal self-discipline, and number two, to do exactly what uh, Sensei said, which is to support the team. Because when you're going into any kind of combat situation, you have to be completely dependable to your team members. It's their lives that may be in your hand or, or vice versa. So that discipline that you make a priority to show up every single time, on time or early, prepared to train with the right attitude is really the, the basis of what we're talking about attendance in a martial art class. And where I see some issues with that, more now than when I first started training or how I, how I let my dojo run, but more now is that, you know, the martial arts is seen either as uh, something for kids to do, right? It's like any other sport they may be involved in. Or for adults, it's, it's sort of like, a hobby, I've heard as a, as a term, or a passion, I've heard as a term. Or, you know, it, sometimes it's almost just like a, a social group or an entertainment. And, and certainly all of those things are components, but it's definitely not the reason, right? When we lose our focus on why martial arts exist, which is to teach you how to protect yourself from violent attacks from other human beings... Um, when we forget about that, when it just becomes sport or fun or any of those other things, a lot of the disciplines kind of fall by the wayside. You know, I can tell you when I was coming up, the rule was you had your instructor and that was the only instructor that you learned from until you achieved your black belt. And then you could go on and study at other places. But it seems like now you can study with multiple instructors and people can come in and out of class as, as they feel like, and they can come you know, late and high five their buddies and just walk into class and, you know, that kind of thing. That that world did not exist, you know, I'm going to even say prior to like 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Um, it was a highly disciplined art and attendance was absolutely mandatory. There were no excuses. Unless you were dying in a hospital bed, there was just no excuse. You committed yourself to training and to your training partners and to your instructor, and you just showed up. So I think without that base, the other things all kind of fall apart. I'm not sure, you know, what you guys think about that. I know Sensei Chris, you went through that um, sort of environment, but you know that that's what I think is the underlying base, and everything comes after that. So I'd agree there. I mean, it, it, it never crossed, I think, my mind not making class. It it just happened to be that way in the old Hanbu. But I do think there's some merit to what you're saying. And people need to remember, it is a martial art. This is not a YMCA. If you want to come and go as you please and leverage as a social club, go there. And it will come off as harsh, right? We will be very direct about how we feel about people showing up and the implications of not showing up. I know some of our students have had rippers of emails or texts, and I'm actually going to take us down a uh, trip down memory lane because she and I can remember one or two texts that would come over, and I think I was pretty much a three-time-a-week person, 
You even had to tell me, don't show up an hour early. We were getting there that early, and you said, you you don't have to get here that early. But there were a couple (laughs) of times that you told us in no uncertain terms, late is not acceptable, turn the F around. Thankfully, you know, I can tell you if I thought I was going to be within a 15-minute window, there were plenty of times on the highway I turned around, coming from work, going, not going to do that, not going to come in. And you would tell some of us, say, you're here every week, every now and again, that's okay. Wouldn't cross our mind. We didn't want to do that to you. Didn't want to do that to the team. Um, I remember very direct emails or, or texts back then that said, if you guys choose not to show up, I'm just going to close the school. I got better things to do with my time. This is something I like doing, but I don't have to do. And I know that you know my students have benefited from some of those very similar texts because uh, I know that they react to them and go, what the heck? Oh, oh my. And no, we're going to be direct about you, about this This is real work. Um, we're out there teaching you. Be there. Something also to consider, your instructors, a lot of times we're working 50-hour weeks. So we're coming from our jobs to go out and teach and then going back to that job. So be right. present. If you're if you're going to commit that time as an instructor, when you have you know, a full-time job, wife, family, responsibilities, and you're still going to carve out that time three times a week or whatever that schedule is to be there, to be present, to have ahead of time formulated how a class is going to be constructed. Um, you know, for you, if you're going to make that commitment, I think it is totally fair to demand that your students make that commitment. Now, of course, we're talking about a traditional dojo, right, with traditional disciplines. There's, you know, dojos that are businesses, as I guess I'm going to call them, where it's more important to, you know, keep tons of students coming through, to pay the bills, to keep the thing going, et cetera, et cetera. And they may have to make other decisions about, you know, leniency or whatever else, but that is definitely not what we are doing. Um, We are running traditional dojos and we want 100% committed students who come on time, prepared for class, right attitude, ready to train hard. Because otherwise they're not getting the benefit of what we're teaching. And we're teaching more than just technique. I mean, we are teaching self-discipline. We are teaching honor. We are teaching respect. We are teaching responsibility. All while using, you know, jujitsu or in the martial arts as a platform to do that. But without that attendance, without showing that respect to your instructor, to your fellow students, to the dojo, you're absolutely missing out. And as you know, uh, Sensei, I definitely did not have an open door policy. If you were going to miss class for a legitimate reason, you were telling me ahead of time, like an hour ahead of time, what was happening. And then even with those excuses if there were too many of them it just meant to me that your current life did not allow you the time to make the commitment to the dojo i'm not i wasn't saying you were doing anything wrong i was just saying your current situation does not allow you to commit at the level which we demand to attend this dojo and i understand and thank you for coming but you're done and i I do think that is very important to convey up front to a brand new student that says, this is what we demand for you to be a student right up front and tell them the commitment we're demanding means you've got to talk to your family now. You've got to talk to your boss now. You've got to have the bravery level to go out there and say, I have committed to this thing and don't expect me to be available 
you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at, you know, from 6.30 to 8 or, you know, whatever the time is, right? And just set that that standard, set that tone and tell them that's what we're what we're asking for. And if they feel like they can't do that, that's okay. There's nothing nothing against them. It's just saying that you you don't have the situation in your life um, where you're able to make this commitment, which we demand. And that's it, plain and simple. You know, the downside of that, you're not going to have a, a school with 100 students in it. The upside of that is every single student you have will be the absolute best student you can possibly have. So, you know, I think we have to go in right up front and let them know our attendance expectations. And I, I think that's an important point there to Chian and perspective, right? Three classes a week is 4.5 hours. There are 168 hours in a week. So people are like, oh, you know, it's such a big commitment. It's really not. Make the time, tell your family, put it away. And that's also your personal time. Block everything else out. But 4.5 hours at 168 hour, hours in a week. So it's perspective. And we you know can, that some th- some of those hours are spent <laughs> doing non-productive things, right? You know, yeah. somebody is uh, playing video games or reading a book or, you know, riding their bike or whatever, whatever it is they're doing. I'm 100% sure there, there are 4.5 hours uh, in, in a week for you to, you know, have full commitment and attendance to class. Yeah, it's less than 3%. Yeah. I think what really happens... Um, even though that math is extremely obvious, is people aren't used to um, having that level of discipline. They're just not. You know, they're they're very much on the, I'm free to do as I choose at any time that I choose, which of course is a fantasy, but, you know, everybody likes to say that. That just means that you are committed to nothing. And when you are committed, when you can't even commit to 4.5 hours to a class, then you should question yourself, you know, are you actually committed to anything? Are you committed to those other things that you say are so important? Are you committed to your family? Are you committed to your job? Do you even know what commitment is? So this was this is just another exercise of people needing to, you know, take uh, some wake-up juice and look at themselves and say, you know, if I'm saying I want to be a better person, if I'm saying I want to be stronger, if I want to be mentally stronger, if I want to know how to defend myself or defend my family, I need to get some self-discipline here. And this is one way to do it. You know, this is this is a way to say I am going to commit to this thing and never be late, never miss a class, always show up, always train hard. And when you do that, that changes you. That changes everything else. But if you can't even do that, Maybe, maybe you should find some other uh, some other thing to do with your time. I'd like to provide a little bit of context and perspective uh, as a student myself who has actually gone through that mindset shift. As you've already kind of stated, it comes from the concept of the commercialization of, I guess, martial arts and the proliferation of, you know, McDojos and gyms that are that are everywhere. And, and we know how people commit to uh, going to gyms, of course, so we don't have to go there. I want to share a quick anecdote, Shihan. When I first started in the East Hartford Dojo, I decided one night to stay late, back late for work. And kind of just, you know, nonchalantly, um, even sort of uh, gently um, made a statement. Didn't urge me, didn't force me, just said something that stuck with me for 
years and years and years, and, and the full weight of it only started to dawn on me once I'd left. And that was something to the effect of, you know, your, your training partners count on you when you don't show up. And that made absolutely no sense to me at the time. I'd been doing martial arts before I joined Kobukai Jiu-Jitsu, and I thought I knew everything there was to know about martial arts, of course, from from what I had uh, done. And I've done, you know, the commercial dojos. There was, I've also done traditional Japanese martial arts who were very systemic in place, a very large organization. And yet this statement that you made to me just... I had no concept or bearing in which to uh, comprehend what you said. Now I, I certainly have that comprehension, but at the time I didn't. And and what ended up happening was that over time I missed things. I missed when you were promoted to a shihan. I missed the time when my training partners, who I'd started at the same time, got promoted. I missed extremely important events. And then there were all those day-to-day stuff that I missed as well. I'm not saying I was a, a terrible at attendance. It's just that those times that I decided I didn't want to go, and it wasn't, I wasn't forced not to go, right? I mean, I, I just, every time it's a choice. You lose those opportunities. Now, from the other perspective, you know, I go through a test. I look around and I see who's there. I also see it's very obvious who's not there, and that hurts. So I, I, I think that was your intention, Han, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Or, no, no, that's, that's a very good perspective because what it points at is some students um, see it as an individual activity and it's for themselves. It's a little bit of me time and it's about them you know, moving forward in the ranks and it's about them getting promoted. And there's just an awful lot of internal self-focus when in fact the situation is 100% the opposite. I'll go back to the the, the military uh, you know, environment. A lone wolf is not appreciated in any way, shape, or form. You have to be part of the team. You have to be part of your squad, you know, whatever um, they call it in your various branch of, of the military. You know, if you want to just be that egotistical individual who only cares about themselves and doesn't care about the team, you will fail or you will fail your team and someone will get killed. So again, you know, I think if a student approaches it as it's all about them, they're never going to really fully get what is going on because it is about your training partners and your instructor and the traditions and the history and all those things that you have decided to be a part of, um, and it's not just about you. You as the individual certainly gain a lot from the experience, and hopefully you will bring something to the table. Uh, but none of that can happen if it's just a self-focused adventure for your for yourself. It's just you'll you'll never succeed in that sort of environment, and that truly applies to your entire life. Self-focused selfishness removes you from all of the opportunities to interact, to support, to gain knowledge from those around you who have committed to, to something. So it's a great observation, and I think that happens to students. And certainly when a student is a beginner, I mean, we expect them to walk through the door and not know anything. I don't, need, I don't mean just technically. I mean, just they don't get what's, what's going on. But with time and commitment, they absolutely get what's going on. And when attendance falls off then... That is even more of an egregious 
event, right? You know what you're supposed to be. You know how you're supposed to act. You know the traditions, the disciplines, all of that, and and yet you choose to not follow them because, I don't know, you know best or there's more important things in your life or whatever. Uh, I, I think that is really where there's an issue and where the instructor needs to really slam down the hammer and remind them that is inappropriate behavior for being in this dojo. You either comply with how this all runs or please go find somewhere else to train. And the teacher has to be brave enough to do that because that may mean losing a student, which no teacher ever wants to do because they know what they can give to that student. But you have to be willing. You have to absolutely be willing to say, you're not fitting the bill anymore. And I'm sorry that there are other things in your life that are causing that. And I hope you can take care of those. But, you know, you don't belong here. So, Shri, I've got a question for you. Building on what she just said, do you feel that Sensei Steve and I are ever shy about setting expectations with our students on what we want them to do, when we want them to do it, and how we want them to do it. And I'm kind of referencing some of our recent texts. It's always been crystal clear to me for, for myself and and I you know I'm grateful that I'm still, you know, on the chat group, the stuff I see, you know, out from you and Sensei Steve are without a doubt. I mean I, I don't think there's any question about what your expectations are. And I thank you for that, because we do try and be brutally honest. As I said, we don't treat you any different than probably Xi'an treated us. And I can say some of the words just flow, and they're almost verbatim of things that we've been told. And I understand people can take that personally. Xi'an, you've been doing this 40 years plus. Yep. I'm coming up on 20. We have heard every excuse in the book. Oh, my God, yes. Go ahead and try and throw one at us. We can probably preempt it with something 10 times more absurd. So we've heard them all. And it's easy to make excuses on why not to show up, right? A family or friends are over. You're tired. Your favorite TV show is on. It's too cold. It's too hot. My arm hurts. My knee hurts. I've got a bellyache. My dog has a bellyache. We don't care. I know that sounds like we're being little shits here. We don't. As we referenced well, before, we're let me, showing let me re- up. Let me, rephrase, let me rephrase that just one little bit. It's not that we don't care about the situation that you're telling us or we don't care about you as a person and what you're going through. Exactly. We care more about what you have committed to try to achieve and what you have committed to your team members and your fellow students. We are trying to say at that moment that these kind of things are going to happen all throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And you are always going to have to make choices, not even related to the dojo. You are going to have to make choices between what you are going to spend the time on or pay attention to or prioritize through your entire life. And we're trying to help you become very clear on how to do that, right? We are trying to say when you make a commitment to something, that means you have now prioritized that in the top two or three things in your entire life. And if you allow things that are number 10, 15, 20 to usurp those places very easily just because... It's social convention or how you feel or whatever else, how your family feels. Then what you're doing is you're saying that 
my commitment doesn't actually mean what I said it means. And we are just trying to help you with that to say, I understand something uncomfortable or you know something like that is happening in your life, but you have to now look back at that priority list, say, I committed to that. It is a higher priority than any of those other things, and now I'm going to have to deal with it. But people get chicken. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to have the family ramification or the job ramification or anything else. And, and, and seriously, they're just weak. They're just weak. And we are trying to help people become strong. So we care that those things happen, but we care more that you made a commitment. And we are not going to let you out of that commitment because if we did, we would be doing a disservice to you. So I just, I just kind of wanted to add that. We say the phrase, sorry, but don't care, get to class. The don't care means we care more about your commitment than this other excuse you just made. Correct. And we're not saying we don't have compassion because we absolutely do. And real things real things are going to happen. We get that. But it, it comes down to your choice and where you're putting your focus and your priority, as you said. Absolutely. Now, true story. Five years ago, this last week, my best friend passed away. And I think you remember this. Yes. I had a choice. His funeral was falling on a brown belt test in Florida. So I could go to my best friend's funeral or I could go to Florida and keep my commitment to the students who are showing up for their brown belt test, to the other students who I think you, the boys actually moved up belts too. Yes. So I think they went from yellow to blue and our blues went to brown. It took me all of about four seconds to make that call. Was it easy? Absolutely not. But I knew I was doing the right thing at the right moment for the right reasons. And I knew my friend would want me there too. He would have said, be there. And I think people would be shocked about that. I think some people would be shocked about that decision. But that just shows a lack of of understanding, right? As we've both just said, we're not talking about a lack of compassion. But for people that are shocked by that, and they would have said, that seems like the wrong decision, you're not understanding the commitment we're talking about, and that's why we're making this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling you and telling you what was going on. And you said, so I totally get it if you don't want to come. I said, no, I'm absolutely coming. I'm calling to tell you that I am. Right. So. And that sets the example for any student that's listening right now. We're not specifically saying, you know, to go to extremes. What we are saying is look at the commitment of your instructors and then try to emulate that. Because isn't that why you're coming to class to start with? Didn't you come for the challenge? Didn't you come for the discipline because you knew you needed more discipline and you wanted to be a better version of yourself? And then once you were there, don't you keep coming because you love working out hard with your training partners and learning from your instructor and being part of this great history of jujitsu? Remember those things. That's why you came here. Commit to that and you will reap every single reward you ever dreamed of from it. I was just about to ask, when you were talking a lot about commitments and and everything that goes around that and the discipline, but I think a lot of people who may be listening in are, are familiar with certain types of commitments and discipline. Say somebody who's training for a marathon or or somebody who's training up for a, um, a competition, whether it's a, you know, a, a BJJ competition or, or any kind of thing like that. And what is it, what is it exactly that we're 
committing to. So everything is going to be individual for sure. There are things about a student we don't know that they know about themselves and it's the reasoning maybe that they're coming to class. Some of it could be as simple as I just want to learn self-defense. You know, some of it is I want to get in shape. Some of it is they know they have personal demons they want to try to conquer from past experiences. Um, you know, there is the handful of students that come and they want to, you know, learn how to compete, although we're the wrong place for that. But what they are committing to in reality, boiling it down to its real core essence, is they are committing to themselves for their own self-improvement. They are committing to their instructor who is bringing literally thousands of years of knowledge and sharing it with them. And it's dangerous knowledge, not knowledge we just want to give to any Joe on the street who may use it inappropriately. And so that commitment um, to their instructor for you know what the instructor is going to entrust them with, and then commitment to the other students in class who have been training before you got there um, or joined after you got there and are all trying to make that same commitment, which we all know is incredibly difficult, and giving them that support and the motivation to continue with that commitment, to continue to show up, to continue to train hard, to give it 120% every single time, to follow the disciplines, and then in turn gain all of the great stuff that comes from it. So I think that is what the commitment is about. It's about self-change. It's about respect for your instructor. It's about being selfless toward the other students and helping them along just as much as you want to help yourself along. Those are the commitments we're looking for. And those manifest themselves in attendance, showing up every single time, on time, prepared to train with the right mental attitude. It's really not a complicated formula. It's very, very simple, but sometimes the simplest things in life are, are the most difficult to execute. I know for me personally, I used to get FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, because you never knew what you were going to put for Xi'an. Uh, we could be running in the yard in the snow with no shoes on. We could be doing some god-awful exercise we might not see again for a year. We might see a technique that you pulled out of your head and hadn't done in 20 years. There's the fear of missing out. Attendance solves that. Absolutely. You don't miss anything. Absolutely. And, and as an instructor, I'll give away a secret here. I did some of that stuff on purpose sometimes. You know, when people who knew better gave me some lame excuse about why they couldn't make class, I would purposely pull techniques out of the notebook or do some kind of special against the wall techniques or do some kind of crazy run or something that everyone would remember. And that person who missed would hear about it for mm -hmm. a long time. Right. And so um, sometimes, you know, you have to motivate your students and, and sometimes you do it through being the cheerleader, right? Sometimes you do it through working out with them. Sometimes you do it through promotions and sometimes you do it through, um, some mental exercises, right? Where, where you create a situation where they understand in their core that they made some wrong decisions. I didn't have to tell that person they made a wrong decision. I just had to allow 
them to say, oh man, <laughs> you know, I missed, I missed out on that. You know, I can't believe this happens every time I miss class. Hmm. And you know, it's the ribbing you get from your teammates also. Because you, oh, you, yeah. you weren't here for that. I was. I lived through it. Yeah, show me what you did. No, <laughs> you should have been here. Yep. I want this to be a very positive thing, though. I don't want people to feel like, you know, students to feel like uh, attendance is us cracking the whip. It really isn't about that. It's really just, this this is what it takes to be a student in a traditional jiu-jitsu class. That's Mm -hmm. it. We demand the attendance. If you can't do it, I understand, you know, move on. Um, I've had another discussion, which I think both of you were part of uh, when I visited one of the dojos um, over the last couple of years, about your instructor being your friend and how that should not be the case. And it has to be that way. You cannot be their instructor and their friend simultaneously and have it work the way it's supposed to work. Um, If that person puts in the years of commitment and proves themselves, that friendship may or may not come. um, But it won't happen while you're just a, a student under black belt. That's for sure. And it should not because you cannot be the company commander, the squad leader, the drill sergeant, all those things that you need to be and be your students' buddies because then the instructor won't be able to make the decisions they have to make and the student will take advantage um, of that friendship, even if it's unconsciously. There has to be a, a complete separation where one person is completely in charge, sets the rules and demands everyone follows them. And the other ones follow until such time they have proved themselves or brought themselves up to that same level, you know, at which point the relationship can be different. So I think that's also a component of this. I think sometimes students do look at us as buddies or friends. Um, Love you guys, you're not. And not to say we're not friends, but we're there to teach you. And there's a big difference out there. You know, right. you walk, walk in, with... you walk in that door of the dojo. Whatever relationship exists stops. There is only one relationship mm-hmm. in that dojo between instructor and student. The instructors have to be careful of that, and the students have to understand that. And I will personally say I love each and every one of my students, but that's more as a instructor based. You know, we want people coming in, enjoying their time in the dojo, learning and being engaged. But it is a martial art. It is. And interestingly enough, you know, the two other people on this podcast today, yourself, Sensei, and Sri, I knew both of you before you were students. That you did. Right? I knew you right. from I knew you from work and we had work relationship and you know, we enjoyed chatting with each other and talking about things that we were interested, in, but I know you can both say unequivocally when you walked through the door of that dojo, that was a very different relationship. Absolutely. So it can be done. And, you know, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just the way it's supposed to be. And I think a good instructor will make the students un- understand that. Uh, I don't think, you know, either of you were just like, Jesus, it's nice to me at work, but he's, you know, kind of a jerk in the dojo. Like, I don't think that was ever, <laughs> I don't think that was ever a thought. I actually thought, I think there was an expectation that when you walked into that traditional environment, that's exactly how it was going to be. It was a bit novel and different. I embraced it for sure. The conversations we had at work, maybe shifted in a 
tense or um, content content mm. but uh overall um you know that didn't sour the relationship if anything it, it strengthened it but yes as as i very quickly you know observed the other students and then when i heard stories that you know sensei chris also used to work with you and so did uh so many other students and then i saw how they were uh behaving towards you and i'm like okay i mean, it just kind of fell right into into that groove with uh, everybody else so for any student that's listening to this it's not just from the instructor side it's also from the student side when you walk into that dojo respect the dojo and everything that that means and you'll just get so much more from it because it's not just about the techniques. You can learn the techniques outside of a traditional environment. It doesn't change the ability for you to execute a technique, but you're missing out on the entire experience if, if you do. You, you need to understand the context in which jujitsu is meant to be taught, and then you will understand the art and you will change you will change as a person in a very, very positive way. But walk in understanding that. You know, do a little research. Understand what a traditional dojo is about. Or, or ask your potential instructor. They will tell it to you clearly. The answer may not be comfortable. It may fly against what you see as, you know, how you want to be or how you think the world or society is or any of that. Um, but that's not really relevant. You are stepping into a new social construct. And if you want to be there... You need to understand how it works, and you need to commit to being part of that. And you'll just have a much, much better experience. I'd like to go back, maybe address one other question that kind of came up earlier about that was regarding tardiness. And uh, she and you'd made a, a statement that, you know, if you think you're going to show up late, don't even don't even bother showing up. And then Sensei, you know, you said you got there early and had a talking to that, you know, maybe a little too early. So what's like a good time, and why is that so important as part of this this whole experience well i think again there's um being prepared for class so showing up 15 minutes early is is a good a, a good target right 15 to 20 minutes early is a good target that way you make sure you're in your uniform it's correct you're looking around the dojo you're making sure it's clean that the maps are, are you know, mats are dusted you know you're going to have some time to chat with the other students, you know, kind of loosely before class starts and you can talk about, you know, your day or about techniques and, you know, maybe you'll ask some questions to some senior students. You have that prep time so that when, you know, your instructor yells line up, that's it. That's the mental switch. It changes at that very moment. The seriousness, you know, comes into play, the etiquette, the tradition, all at that moment. But, you know, you kind of need that, that prep time, right, to get ready for class. If you're showing up at the last minute, you're just a distraction to everybody else who did prepare themselves for class. Um, If you're coming late, you're basically interrupting something. And that's why it's just don't come late. That's it. Sensei, what's what's the old military saying about 15 minutes? 15 minutes early is on time. Anything else is late. Right, right. 10 minutes early is five minutes late. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So I think that's an appropriate amount of time to do those things that I was talking about and, and to prepare the dojo and prepare yourself for class? I think I was lucky because I grew up on a very high competition swim team where we swam twice a day, six days a week. You know, the expectation was there. You were early or they locked the doors. And then nothing worse than having the doors locked to the pool deck at 5.15 in the morning because you're not going home because your parents are going to go, "What? why are you home? So... 
same thing. Be there, be on time. Don't be sprinting across, you know, trying to run to get into lineup. That's not how it works. I remember in the military, right? You could always spot those guys who were just trying to get their uniform together and getting to muster at 7 in the morning, right, right on time, and going, if I have to pay for this because of you, there's going oh, yeah. to be blowback. You don't do that because, you again, you hurt the team. And there, if you, after a couple hundred push-ups, because you're, one of your buddies is late, we're going to nip that in the bud right now. Yep. And we kind of put together a little a little rule that took into account those situations that you just couldn't control. Like you totally set yourself up to be there 15 minutes before class, 20 minutes before class. You turn the corner to come down the street and there's an accident and now you're going to be 10 minutes late, right? Mm -hmm. That stuff does happen. And how we handle that is the student comes in and they get changed and then they sit at the edge of the mat in CESA. And they wait for the instructor to recognize them and to bow them in. And then they became the instructor's uke for the night. And, you know, you just, you got your butt beat all night by the instructor. Now, it was a good thing and a bad thing, right? Oh, God, I get to work with Sensei. And even though he's thrashing me around like a ragdoll, I'm also learning a lot of stuff. But it's also reminding me, life is full of those things you can't predict. And you've got to, you know, kind of take that risk management hat and put it on and say, what if this was to happen? You know, do I have an alternate route I can take? Um, Should I allow extra time because it seems to be, you know, a lot of traffic tonight, like all of those things that then become tools for the rest of your life, you get to implement to make sure you get to class on time or you, you pay the price. So one of the things I think students need to understand too, from the instructor standpoint is we understand when you first join the dojo, you don't really know what's going on and you endeavor, you know, to have perfect attendance so that you can understand what's going on. And we have an expectation of perfect attendance from everyone. Um, We expect that full commitment, but that commitment becomes stronger and stronger over time. And our expectations of the students become stronger and stronger over time. So whereas we, we definitely expect perfect attendance from everyone of every rank, Um, it's even a stronger commitment from the student and even a stronger expectation from the sensei, the higher the rank is of that student. In other words, when you get to be, you know, your, your blue belt, your brown belt, um, you, you really need to be in a hospital bed if you're going to miss class. There, there really is no excuse. You've set up your life uh, in order to take your commitment into account over a long period of time. Everybody knows you do this two or three times a week, whatever your class schedule is. Um, There really should be no excuse at that point. You you have set the expectations of everyone around you that you've made this commitment. So the higher up it gets, the more expectation we have of of that perfect attendance. So think about that if you're a student here. Um, And not that we want to say that any lower rank has a lower expectation of their attendance. We do. But just that understanding and commitment level increases over time. And with that comes the higher expectation. And I would really say to those students who are out there listening to this, and those who go for the long haul, because it is a long haul, at some point in your time in training, It'll change in your head. For those that are serious, jujitsu will become less about something you do and more about who you are. And therefore, 
skipping class doesn't even register as an option. It's just, this is woven into the fabric of your being. In conclusion, we're just really trying to convey that the expectation of the student is that they attend a class. They attend every class with full commitment, prepared to train with the right attitude, supporting the other students, respecting the dojo, respecting their instructor. I think this is something that every student knows and comes in with the expectation of, that that is the environment they are joining when they join a traditional dojo. But sometimes life and friends and other social constructs tell them, eh, don't worry about it. But you are committing to this thing and this group and this history and this tradition, and you're committing to yourself you are making a better, more disciplined self, which is really what you wanted anyway, isn't it? We want you there. We love having a class full of students, full of energy, training hard, sweating, laughing, tapping out, all of the great stuff about a jujitsu class. You know, that just makes your instructor's day when they know that all that time that they're committing is really giving something to their students and striving to make their students even better than they were and have a better experience than they did as they were coming up. But we can't do that without the commitment of the students. Instructors, we're here, we're ready, we'll give everything to give you the best training and the best class and all of our knowledge. We just need you to give that same commitment back to us to the dojo, and to your fellow students. When you do that, this will be one of the greatest experiences of your life.